Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership, change, and personal growth. The goal? To help you lead like never before in your church or in your business. And now, your host, Carrie Newhoff. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 174 of the podcast. My name is Kerry Newhoff, and I hope our time together today helps you lead like never before. Man, I hope 2018 is off to a great start. I mean, that was a fantastic episode last week to kick off the new year with Craig Grishel. Of course, if you're a subscriber, you you got that automatically as you did this one. You know what I found out? We got new analytics, and like about 75, 80% of you subscribe. But there is a minority that doesn't. And if you haven't subscribed yet, it's free. It's absolutely free. Wherever you get this podcast, just hit subscribe. I know for me personally, I only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. You have all these best intentions. You saw some tweet about it and you're like, oh, yeah, I got to listen to that. And then you don't. So if you're not a subscriber, do it. It's free. And, uh, you know, that way we can we can talk whenever you're ready. Um, hey, I also want to thank all of you who keep leaving ratings and reviews. You know, when you guys do that, it gets the word out. It's so encouraging to see what you're sharing and how you're sharing it. And I, I just want to thank all of you for doing that. Now, we got a lot coming up this year. I'm super excited about it. But here's a question for you. Um, where are you doing your training this year? Like, what events are you attending? So there's a couple I want to draw your attention to that I'm going to be at that I'm super excited about. First of all, Rethink Leadership is happening again this year in Atlanta, Georgia. It's it's an experience. Okay, so here's my theory. Actually, these two events I'm going to tell you about, they they because I get to design them, uh, they accord to this theory that content is everywhere, right? I mean, you listen to a lot of podcasts, you can, you know, Google people's talks, you can you can listen to just about anything. So, hey, at these events, we're saying write new content. But the reality is you can probably download the content. What you can't download is experience. And what you can't download is relationship. So first event I would love for you to prioritize this year is Rethink Leadership in Atlanta, Georgia. It is happening again. It's We limit attendance to like 500 people. That's it. It's happening April 25th through 27th, and it's concurrent with the Orange Conference. So send your team to the Orange Conference, but if you're a senior leader, we've designed this just for you. In fact, you can only get in if you're a senior pastor, campus pastor, or executive pastor. Now, registration is open, but it's filling up fast. So go to rethinkleadership.com and make sure you register today. Um, Here's what last year's attendance said, a seriously stunning, amazing conference. Uh, Someone else said it hit dead center with the challenges I'm currently facing as a leader. And then this is fun. We want you to rub shoulders with some of the speakers and presenters because you know, we kind of have a no prima donna rule around the conference, and we just want you to have access. In fact, all of the breakouts, they're called affinity conversations. You you can just ask your questions for 45 minutes. So you get access in a way that you normally don't. Now, the other event I'm super pumped about this year is the Canadian Church Leaders Conference, and that's happening in Canada at my home church, Connexus Church, the church where I'm the founding pastor, and it happens in June. It's June 14th through 16th. Uh, we actually had Americans show up last year, which was awesome. Uh, but we would love for you to come. We have Laurel Buckingham, John Thompson, Shayla Visser, Rich Birch, Jeff Brody, myself, we're going to be speaking. And again, it's designed around experiences, limited attendance, lots of connections. We're still planning on throwing a backyard party at my house. So like literally 
Come to my house, hang out. We'll talk big green egg. Okay. That happens Friday night. It's a three day extravaganza and rates for that go up January 19th. So drop by canadianchurchleaders.ca and rethinkleadership.com. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be able to get in on those events before it's too late. So today's guest is a really good friend of mine, someone who's become a very close friend. His name is Jeff Henderson. And before he became a pastor, he was actually involved in marketing for the Atlanta Braves and also for Chick-fil-A. He's got some great stories on that. And maybe it doesn't matter what part of the country you've been to, or frankly, it's, it's, it's actually global now. You've probably seen little campaigns like hashtag for the community. So it would be like hashtag for Barry where I live or hashtag for Atlanta or hashtag for Gwinnett or hashtag for San Diego. You know who started that? This guy. Jeff Henderson, he did. He did that for Gwinnett a few years ago. We break down marketing for your church, and Jeff is a marketing genius. So whether you want to market your church and get the word out there, or simply uh, just whatever you're trying to market, very few people who are better at it than Jeff. And so we get into that conversation as well. I'm so excited about it. Okay, without further ado, here is my conversation with Gwinnett Church lead pastor, Jeff Henderson. Jeff, welcome back to the podcast. It's just great to have you. It's so great to be here. I remember when this was just an idea, by the way, when you told me, hey, I want to do a leadership podcast. And now look at this thing. It's exploded. So on behalf of all of us who listen, thanks for doing this. And you're, you're helping us, you know, lead and just get better and lead like never before. So just so grateful for you and for the opportunity to be on this. Well, and, and you're the permanent guest host, too. I think you've <laughs> interviewed right. me a couple times, right? That's right. I have that's that's my my claim to fame. I've been the uh, guest host for the Carrie Lee, Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you and Jimmy Fallon, you know, so it works out really that's well right. that way. That's right. Um, so, uh, Jeff, I want to talk to you about something that has just really exploded in the church world. I mean, I travel a lot. You travel a lot, and you must be shocked to see how much it's spread. And that's the whole four initiative. I mean, the whole theme of Orange Conference last year was for our neighbors. But uh, if you've ever been, and even if you're a marketplace leader and you've been uh, driving down the road somewhere, or you're traveling and you see some church that's got like, you know, for the name of community. So for example, for us at Conexus Church, it's for Barry, for Aurelia, we're for Midland, we're for the next city. And there's usually, usually a hashtag in front of it. That actually goes back to to you, Jeff, which is which is pretty interesting. And I want to start even earlier than that, because before you became a campus pastor for North Point and a senior leader uh, at North Point Churches, one of the churches, two of the churches actually that you've led, uh, you had a great career in marketing. You were with the Atlanta Braves. You were with Chick-fil-A. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience that you had as a marketer and how then I want to get into the whole four initiative and how you're starting to use a lot of that in, in the church world. So let's go back to the Atlanta Braves and Chick-fil-A days. Well, I'm an Atlanta native, so they, you know, when you, you go up in Atlanta, they teach you to do two things, drink Coca-Cola and eat Chick-fil-A. So yeah. that's, what, that's what my mom and dad taught me to do. And I grew up a big Atlanta sports fan, which is, as you well know, is a tough, tough plight in life to be an Atlanta sports like being fan. being a Toronto you know, sports fan. Yeah, it's hard. That's right. But I think y'all beat us in a, in a, in a World Series. We had series a couple of World Series, but that was, yep. I was a kid back then. Yeah. Back in the day, so but it was it, so it was great for me to be able to, to work in the Braves promotions department, and then 
eventually uh, Chick-fil-A. There was a couple of other organizations, Callaway Gardens in Lake Lanier Islands, which people may in Atlanta know. And But I just was taught by some really, really smart people about marketing and branding and messaging. And uh, it was just quite quite a treat for me. But a couple of things that the Braves and Chick-fil-A taught me in particular was that the product actually matters. Excellence matters. And when I worked for the Braves first time, the Braves weren't very good. So I don't care what you did. There was only going to be a couple of thousand people in the stadium. Right, right. But in 1991, I was working with them on a contract basis, and that was the year that they made it to the World Series. They went from worst to first. They Mm. went from the worst to first uh, that following year. And guess what happened? It was slammed. I mean, everybody was there. It was hard to get a ticket, so the product mattered. And then with Chick-fil-A, the product matters. Excellence matters. And so so that was one of the main things they taught me, that that you got to have a product worth marketing. And then they also taught me that, particularly at Chick-fil-A, that culture eats strategy for breakfast and how right. you treat people, how you treat staff, all of that is really, really important. So if you've got a great product, you've got a great culture, that's the first two things that you can do or should do before you start marketing. Or long messaging. before marketing. I mean, right. I know I know a tiny little bit about marketing, but one of my favorite quotes is David Ogilvy, the marketing genius, who said, great marketing makes a bad product fail faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You can market, market to your detriment. And that's true, not just in business world, that's true in church world. So, I mean, a lot of churches have a sign out that says, all are welcome. But then I kind of ask the question, is that true? Is everyone welcome? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what, what is, is the product good? And in fact, when we would have a new operator for Chick-fil-A come in, we would tell them, don't market the business for six months. Just you know, understand the operations of the business, get to build and, and invest in your team, get the business up and running. And then when you're ready, then go outside, but make sure that the operations are ready to go. And I think that's not just true for a restaurant operator. I think it's true for a church leader as well. So even like Chick-fil-A, I mean, an established brand, uh, Chick-fil-A's got, I mean, how many locations? Hundreds, thousands of locations. Right. And you would even say, no, 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 for the first six months, just work the bugs out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if if you don't, you are giving your customers a bad experience. And as you well know, we are in the day where the customer has the greatest power than ever. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah. They rule from Yelp to social media to whatever. The customer reigns and the customer rules. And so you've got to have a great customer experience. And again, that's not just true for businesses. It's true for true for churches as well. So we can get caught up in the marketing of it all. But if the operations and the business and the organization is not running well, you will market to your detriment. Anything else from the marketing world that those are really good concepts. And I think you're totally right about the product. And sometimes we, we, we want to market it even before it starts because we want people in the door on day one, right? Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to make sure that the, the operations are, are going well. And, and, and so they taught me that just looking at from the operation standpoint. But the, the second link is that always goes back to the customer and the customer is the hero, not the business. And our friend, Nancy Duarte, she has, you know, she talks to communicators and she shows this image of Luke Skywalker and Yoda. And she says, you're not Luke Skywalker, you're Yoda. Right. The customer or the people you're talking to or the customer, they're, they're the hero. So you're here to serve them. And so what you want to do is cr- to create remarkable experiences 
so that they can share this. Because if you do that, then they actually will handle and do the marketing for you. And if the, the most valuable advertising of them all, bar none, is word of mouth advertising. And if you can help customers get to that point so that they're talking about you, that's a game changer. Okay, so, you know, I, I think we've all heard that, that the best advertising is word of mouth. But I think a lot of us for leaders, whether you're leading a church, a small church, a large church, but let's say even a startup or a company, because we have a lot of marketplace leaders listening too. Uh, Jeff, like, I think a lot of us think at the end of the day, great, but like, let's, you know, that's not true if you have a million dollars or a, a $50 million a year advertising budget. Is that still true? Like, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't out market word of mouth positively or negatively? Absolutely. And I'll give you an example. You know, everybody talks about Chick-fil-A and this big company, but they, they actually don't have that much advertising dollars as it relates to McDonald's or the big boys. You know? Really? They don't? No, no. I mean, McDonald's by far has a much bigger advertising budget than Chick-fil-A by far. I mean, it just is, you'd be astounded. But what Chick-fil-A does have is word of mouth advertising and they can fuel that as well. So let me give you an example of, of how that may work in, in, in church world. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, and in, in, in the business world, and I totally understand this, we have been, we've been so focused on building raving fans and businesses, which I think we should still do. But the game has changed where businesses need to be more concerned about becoming raving fans of their customers than creating customers that are raving fans of the business. So let me say that again. You want businesses to be raving fans of their customers more so than customers becoming raving fans of the business. What I mean by that is most businesses, their social media platforms, it's all about the business. So if a business was a person, most businesses would be narcissistic. Because if you, if you, if you looked at it from a standpoint of, let's say this business is Steve, right? right. And you looked at Steve's profile, it's look how great we are and you know, come see us and we're amazing and we're the best and we're so much better than this person and we're so much better than that person. So if you gave a business a person, they would be a narcissist. What you want to do is you want to stop talking so much about you and talk about the people in your community and you can talk about their experience with you. But when you begin to put the community and the customer as the hero, you become a value add to the community and then they will in turn, I think, if the experience is great, operation is great, what we've all talked about, they will begin to spread the business, spread the word about your business or your organization because you have partnered with them and helped make their life better. That's so huge. And you know what? I think that's paradigm shifting. And honestly, I think it's calling out a lot of leaders and a lot of churches. I mean, Donald Miller talks about this. Businesses do it all the time, right? It's look at me. Company was started by my grandfather or look at how awesome we are. Nobody really right. ca- are you are you kind of saying nobody really cares about your story? Is is that is, is that is that kind of where that lands? Nobody you know, cares about the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Nobody cares about you. No, I mean there's there's some truth to that, but I think what what most people are thinking is what is what is how does your story connect with my story? Because we're all because we are know. not. So the customer's <laughs> right. a narcissist. Yeah, that's right. the most important story is mine, right? So so yeah. but if you look again, if you're a business or an organization trying to connect with people, you, you have to understand that and go, okay, my story is important, but how does my story connect with your story? And ultimately we're here to serve you 
um, and to connect with you. And so I think you have to be careful with just a, and it's a monologue voice as well. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by companies that talk back to, uh, to folks on social media. You do a fantastic job. If somebody tweets you right now, when you have a time, you will tweet back. That's, you have a yeah, dialogue approach. Uh, yeah, we don't always get it right. I learned that from Jeff Henderson. Seriously, I did. I watched you for years. You're excellent at that. Well, you have a whole lot more uh, people following you, so it's easier for me. But the point is, is that you know, when you can, it's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. And so when you dialogue with people and when you're un- interested in what's going on in their world, um, it, it, it just, there's something to that, 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 that makes people go, wow, they do care about me and they will tell others about that. Well, and I think from, from a faith perspective, Jeff, just so people don't think it's all about narcissism or whatever, there is, there is an element of like humility and, and serving others that I think is, is very anchored to the Christian faith in the approach that you talk about on a regular basis. So let me, you've, you've hinted at this already, but let's kind of go there. How does the church often get marketing wrong? When you look at when you look at church marketing, what are we doing that from a marketing standpoint? If you're like Jeff the consultant and you come in and we're paying you the big bucks and it's like, okay, church X, this is what you need to stop doing. What are some practices that we just need to get rid of? Well, the first one is we fail to create common ground. Mm-hmm. And for many people, the word church automatically disqualifies them from the conversation. Yeah. So, so, so I'll give you a question. I'll give you an example. When we bought the land, I'm at Gwinnett Church today. When we bought the land here, uh, the city that we're in said, hey, w- you could put up a sign that says Gwinnett Church. Right. And I said, that's exactly what I don't want to do. Not, not early on. The first impression, I don't want it to say Gwinnett Church. And so we just put a sign out there that said hashtag for Gwinnett. <laughs> and everybody that rode by that sign that lived in this county we created common ground with. If I had said church, then there's a dividing line that says, I'm a church person. I might be interested in that. I'm not a church person. That's not for me. So at that point, what we wanted to do was just to create some common ground. And then we eavesdropped in on social media to see if people could figure out what this thing was. Then we gave everybody t-shirts and let the message kind of flow from there. So the point is, I think when it comes to the church, we have to understand that right or wrong, the church has become a dividing line, and we've got to begin creating some common ground for, for, for people. And so if, the, if I'm a church planner, the first thing I do is to try to create common ground in the community hmm. and involved in the community as quickly as I can and start talking about the community more so than we're opening up a church and come see our church, and it's going to be a church. There's a place for that. There's a time for that. But it's not, it's not quite in the early part of that, early, early stage of that. So I think the first thing we fit, that we got to get right is we, we, or we don't get right, rather, is we just don't create common ground. What are some other marketing fails that you see fairly consistently? Um, the other thing, I think, from a social media standpoint is that 99% of our social media posts are about what's happening inside the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about what's happening inside the four walls of the church, but one of the things that we've tried to do here is for every social media post about, you know, here's what we're doing as a church, we want to have a social media post about what's going on in the community. And we don't always get that right, but we have that as a barometer to say, we've got to be talking more about the community and what's happening in the community. And so I would encourage church leaders, after we're done, or you can do it right now if you're at your computer Go to your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram page and see and just count 
how many posts are about your church and then count how many posts are about the community. So what would an example be? Because I think a lot of leaders would be like, I only know my church. Like, our, our, <laughs> what are you saying? You take a picture of the downtown core and go, I love this city? Or like, what, what do you do? What are, what are some examples? Well, let me give you an example uh, that just happened last week. So we have our high school is North Gwinnett. We have a lot of high schools in our county, but the one that's closest to us is North Gwinnett High School. So they were in the state state football playoffs last week. They played a football team that was close to one of our sister churches, Brownsbridge Community Church, who you're very familiar with, Kerry. So we started talking a little smack to Brownsbridge on Twitter. And we said, uh, here's here's Brown's bridge when they heard that North Forsyth had to play North Gwinnett and we did some images. And, and so we were just having fun with it. Well, the local high school, North Gwinnett high school retweeted every one of them. The athletic director called our high school pastor and said, we love this. Keep this up. All right. So here's, here's the thing I love about this, Carrie. You have a public high school right. retweeting a local church and no one <laughs> protested and said, you know, there's a, there's a different, you know, there's the separation of church and state. You can't do that. No, everybody loved it, had a great time. The Gwinnett, Gwinnett Church did not once say, come to church on Sunday. Um, so we're so if you look at North Gwinnett's feed on Twitter, you're seeing Gwinnett Church pop up as we're, we're talking smack to our sister church. And, uh, and then we started getting feedback saying, can y'all do this for other sports? So that's, <laughs> that's, one, that's one goofy example to say, if you're aware of what's going on in the community and you can latch onto it, and talk about it, the community, in this case, a public high school, will include you in their feed, and then their athletic director will say, can you do this for other sports? So that's just a small example of saying, what's going on in our community right now? How can we associate with it? And how can we be a value add and just let our local high school know, we're, 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 we're for you so much, uh, we believe you're going to win. And by the way, they did. They won 55 to 7. So there you go, Brown. <laughs> there you go. So you're right to talk smack to Brown's Bridge and the people <laughs> of right. North Forsyth. Right. Um, well, lots of other examples. Like we, we try to highlight local businesses. And uh, I, uh, I, I've, I take our leadership team and we just sit down with local business people and say, how can we help you? Tell our leaders the story of that woman who was, I think it was a donut shop. I, I've ahead. heard you tell that story, and she was afraid that she was going to have no customers one month. So can you tell us that story, Jeff? So there's a little donut shop not too far from our church. It's called Simply Done Donuts. And so I just noticed this donut shop, and it was just so fantastic. And I, you know this too, Kerry. You know, you just have a heart for local business people, and it's yeah. so hard. It's so hard. It is. You know, to, Margins are thin. Yeah. And people think that when, you're, and she, in fact, she said this to me, she goes, Jeff, people think that since I own my own business, I'm just making millions, you know, because <laughs> I'm selling donuts. I'm making millions, right? Selling so, donuts for 27 cents each. I'm a, I'm a gazillionaire. Right. Right. So, and of course she's competing against Dunkin' Donuts and all these big right. donut shops. So I took our leadership team. We want to get out of the office. I took them down and I said, Hey, can, and she doesn't go to our church. She's never been here. But I said, so can you tell us about your story and your business? And she told us, you know, she left a corporate job to do this three years ago. They have a donut truck that they travel around the city. But then she said, you know, earlier this year, we opened up our new, our first retail spot. It's going pretty well, but uh, this was back in the summer. And she goes, you know, we're looking toward July. We think July is going to be the, the worst month we're going to have because everybody's going to go on vacation. And I said, well, would you mind if we promoted you on our social media page? And we have a, a T-shirt that says four. Would you wear it? We could take a picture of it, of you and put it on and ask, you know, on our Instagram feed and ask people to go to your store. And she said, is this a trick question? Of course, I would love that. Yeah. So 
we uh, just posted that on our Instagram feed and said, hey, could y'all go by and support Carissa? And and um, and then we, we ended up ordering some donuts for, from her. And she ended up having July was one of her very, very best months. And uh, and then she came to me and said, well, hey, can, do you want us to put flyers in, <laughs> about your church in the window or how can we reciprocate? And I said, no, 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 that's not why we did this. The best thing you can do for us is run a fantastic donut shop and give our community another thriving business. That's what you can do for us. Mm. And um, and so she just she talks about going at church all the time. And we love that. Um, but that's a that's a part of going into the community and talking more about the community in addition to what's happening in your church. So I would just ask you to, to look at your Instagram or Facebook or, or Twitter feeds and ask yourself, how many times are we talking about the church versus the community? There can be a balance, I guess is my point. Well, and I've seen you do it too. And I've met with your staff. Um, you will take time to say, hey, you guys, you head over to this place for lunch and make sure you tip well. And you guys head over to this place for lunch and make sure that you tip well. And there is, that's greatly intentional. You did that before you started going at church when you were at Buckhead Church. You had a restaurant that you would frequent. And I think... Right we miss that. Like we never get to know the people behind the counter. We never get to know the business owners and not just the people from our church, just the people in Buckhead, the people in Gwinnett, the people in your community. I think, I think that's a great lesson. Let's go back if we can. Uh, was it seven years ago you launched Gwinnett Church, six, seven years ago? Yeah, it's hard to believe. You were in the I middle know. of all that, you know, when I left Buckhead uh, to, you know, you, you, I mean, you're one of my best friends. So, you know, it's hard to believe it's been seven years. So yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. seven years. Yeah. And prior to that, Jeff uh, Led really launched Buckhead Church from its earliest days to, what, Buckhead grew to seven, 8,000 under your leadership. It was huge. And then you started over again, a uh, number about a half hour away at uh, Gwinnett County and started Gwinnett Church. But I remember at the time, Jeff, you really wanted to rethink everything, including marketing. It's like, hey, we have a chance to do this again. So rather than, even though Buckhead Church has been wildly successful, rather than just pulling out the cookie cutter and going, let's do it again, right. uh, you rethought everything. So when you had a chance to start all over again from a marketing standpoint, take us back to the origins of Four Gwinnett. Well, we went back to a question that I was really taught from Chick-fil-A, and it's a question I think any business, especially when you're starting out, but I think it's true for any, wherever you are in business or church. And that question is, what do we want to be known for? And at the end of the day, what do, what do we want to be known for? And, and then another thing is to ask, what are we known for? So if you're an existing organization, what are we known for? And then if you're a startup like we were at the time, what, what ultimately do we want to be known, known for? And so we asked that question in the early days of, of Gwinnett Church. And one of my concerns was, I mean, I love, love, still love Buckhead Church. But to your point, I didn't want to do copy and paste. I wanted God to do something. You know, what, God, this is your deal. It's not mine. What do you want to do differently? What yeah. is there a different message? Is there a different way to reach the community? What do you want to do? So we just start, started from scratch. And it was just a few of us in a room. And we asked that question. And then we said, well, what, do you, what do you think the church is known for? And then we just looked at each other and somebody said, well, I think the church is known more for what it's against rather than what it's for. And I mean, you could have heard a pin drop at that point. It's so like, true. Oh my goodness, you're right. And then we said, well, as it relates to our context, what do we want to be known for? And then we just started, these answers just started you know, coming like, hey, we, we want to be known for being four Gwinnett students and four Gwinnett kids and four Gwinnett single adults and four Gwinnett businesses and schools and the parks. We want the parks to be clean. And 
And then we said, you know what? It's interesting, maybe not a coincidence, that the most famous Bible verse of them all actually starts with the word for, for God so loved the world. So that's where this idea came from. And then based on that, that led us to, well, let's put a sign on the property that says hashtag for going at. And so that's been our, it's, it's been our journey. I would just say, Carrie, it's not a new message. It's the gospel, hmm. <laughs> it's the, you know, but I think God is me- for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the message. And, um, I, I would say too, you asked me earlier, one, one of the things that the church's church could do better. I think we could stay on message better. Just hmm. stay on. We got, we got the best message in the world. I mean, <laughs> uh, with all due respect, eat, Chick-fil-A's message, eat more chicken. That's a good message. Nike, that's a good message. That's, yeah. that's a good message. For God so loved the world. That, that's the best one of them all. We, that's yeah. what we have as our message. And yet somehow you can call it branding or messaging, whatever you want, what term you want to use. Somehow people aren't familiar with that. They're more familiar with what we're against rather than what we're for. And, oh, that just drives me crazy. So anyway, I, th- I think that's good. And it's fascinating to me that on that sign, you were, and I want to talk about that, you were so cryptic. It was a hidden message. It wasn't like hashtag for Gwinnett, subtitle. Often the church is known for what it's against. <laughs> we want right. to be known for what we're for. Right. It was just literally hashtag for Gwinnett. So talk about the thinking behind that and what it did. Yeah, part of this, part of messaging and marketing that sticks is that there is clarity about that. But even for Gwinnett, there is a little bit of mystery. And that's a little bit, hey, let's discover this together. What is this? And so uh, one of the things that Chick-fil-A taught me as well is that the fewer the words, the better. Mm. You know, eat more chicken. Uh, We didn't invent the chicken. We invented the chicken sandwich. So if for Gwinnett or we are for Gwinnett, that's, that's a portable message. And people can carry that. We also wanted to get our core team at that time, it was just a few people, and and just say this message and teach this message. And I call this equipping the vision carriers. And the more people that you have that can carry the vision, the more people that you have that will cast the vision. So we told them the story, told them the message, told them that, you know, for God so loved the world. And then we equipped them with T-shirts, car magnets, and said, when people ask you, what is that sign we want you to say, oh, it's for a church. It's for a church. Why does it say for Gwinnett? And then we gave them the brand script. For many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. We want to be known for what we're for. Carry that in the early days built our church through mm-hmm. God's help and God blessing. Those What happened in that moment is God created some common ground conversations. We weren't having to accost people with a Bible tract. We weren't preaching at them, telling them that they're, you know, eternity and, you know, all that. We just were saying, hey, you know what? We live here. We want this place to be better. We're for this area. I bet you're for this area. And oh, by the way, we believe God's for you as well. That's just, that's just a wow. I I hope that message is true <laughs> in terms of, I think that's what people responded. And so in the early days, people started coming out to our church, but a lot of it is because the gospel is compelling and it's, it's Luke chapter 14 when Jesus tells a story and the, you know, the, the master of the houses go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel people to come in. I want my house to be full. So we just got the most amazing message. And I think with a few ideas and, and branding message or strategies, we can communicate a clear message that people can resonate with. Now, and people who have heard you teach at Drive Conference or other events have maybe heard the Vision Casters, Vision Carriers message. But 
I think the genius of that is, and this is true. I mean, if you're a, an employer and you've got employees, if you're a church leader and you've got 50 people coming, 100 people coming, 5,000 people coming, the idea is that everybody carries some kind of vision, whether that's positive or negative. And often that's left to chance. It's like, what is Connexus Church about? Well, it's about, you know, blah, 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 whatever, you know, and there might be a thousand different answers to that question. But by clarity, like the hashtag for Gwinnett and the simple line, you, you trained everybody to say, oh, well, I'm glad you asked. You know, that's for church. That's the trigger. And then it's like, well, so often the church is known by what we're against, not what we're for. We want to be known by what we're for. Anybody can remember that script. And then that opens up a world of conversation, right? That's where you start to go. Absolutely. And that's the God moment. All right. So, I mean, I've had, I, I could keep you here all day with story of, of stories in the grocery store, stories at ballparks, stories in schools. But in those moments when those conversations happen, that's God building his church. But it happens in those common ground, conversational, we're at a park, you've got a four-winnet t-shirt on, and I've asked you what that message is, and I'm open and able to receive it. And it's just been remarkable to see how God has has blessed his message through that. And so um, so that that's been really encouraging. And to your point, to see other churches kind of taking this message and doing even greater things with it, that's so humbling and encouraging. We'll be back with more of my conversation with Jeff Henderson in just a moment. But in the meantime, I'm going to talk to Scott Magdalene. He is the founder of TrainedUp.Church, an online resource that helps you train up to 100% of your volunteers in real time online. And I asked Scott about this problem that so many people struggle with. What do you do with unmotivated volunteers or team members? You know, the people who are always late or like who are never prepared. Scott, what do you do with them? Well, one of the great things about Trained Up is that it reduces the amount of time you spend in training and doing meetings. So what that does is it increases the amount of time you can spend one-on-one with individual volunteers or building community and, and um, collaboration with, between your volunteers. And it's proven over and over and over again. People who feel a part of a community are more engaged in that community. So mm-hmm. if somebody's showing up just to serve and go home, they're going to be the person who is likely to be unmotivated, who is not happy about showing up, who's going to be showing up late because they weren't excited to be there. But if they're showing up because they're showing up to be with friends and to serve along people that they care about and care about them, then those people are going to be the motivated people. They're going to be showing up early. They're going to be showing up wearing their T-shirt already. (laughs) They're going to be showing up with their name tag on already. Um, And so to me, if you're able to spend more time building community amongst your volunteer team and not just transfer of information, then you're going to be able to reduce the number of unmotivated, you know, um, unexcited volunteers in in your ranks. So what are you doing about training your volunteers for 2018? I mean, it's a big problem in a lot of churches, and TrainedUp.Church is the premier solution for churches of really every size that want to do a great job of training up to actually 100% of your volunteers. And during January, wouldn't it be great just to get your volunteers going? And you can get started today at TrainedUp.Church. And in fact, because you're a listener of this podcast, just use the coupon code CAREY, C-A-R-E-Y. That will get you 10% off for life for being a Carrie Newhoff podcast listener. Okay, there you go. So head on over to TrainedUp.Church and you can use the coupon code CARRY. It'll get you 10% off for life. Uh, TrainedUp.Church is for churches of every size. And now back to our conversation with Jeff Henderson. So how do you, how did you and how do you 
make sure that people understand it. Because often what happens is you come up with a great marketing plan, you sit there in your office, which, and I know you don't have an office, so you're, you're open officing kind of, kind of guy, hoteling. But um, you sit there at your desk or on your laptop, you create it, you preach it once, or you teach it once at some staff visioning event, and then it goes away. But like, that is the opposite of you. So how, how do you get this vision and this marketing message to live in the minds and the hearts of like, in your case now, thousands of people? How does that happen? Such a great question. Well, I've learned, and, and, and this goes back to Chick-fil-A, leaders are repeaters. So mm. you, have to, you have to stay on message and you have to say it over and over and over. And when you think you no one, everybody's heard it, you have to say it over and over again. And here's where I learned this. And people that um, aren't familiar with, with Chick-fil-A, Carrie, they may not understand this example, and I'll make it really brief. But those who, who do go to Chick-fil-A will understand exactly what I'm talking about. If you go to Chick-fil-A today and you say thank you, the staff member there will not say you're welcome. They'll say my pleasure. Well, that came from Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, going to the Rich Carlton, hearing that statement when he said thank you, and they said, my pleasure. So he got up in front of the whole Chick-fil-A convention. I was there when he did this and said, I want us from now on to say my pleasure when our customers say thank you. So after the convention, he gets in his car, he goes to a Chick-fil-A. He created this thing, by the way. He orders a sandwich <laughs> that he created. Yeah. And, um, he says, thank you. And the staff member says, you're welcome. Well, hold on. I thought back at the convention, it was my pleasure. So Truett didn't get mad. He didn't fire off an email. It, he just kept saying it over and over and over. I don't have a study for this, but in my humble mm. opinion, I think it took about five years for this to resonate. Wow. So whenever I'm at a Chick-fil-A and I say thank you and they say my pleasure, I know exactly where that came from. It came with a leader who said, nope, this is a message we're going to stay on. I want this to happen. And leaders are repeaters. So I'm going to say it over and over and over again. So for me, it's, this is our message. It's for Gwinnett. This is the gospel. We're going to communicate it. And, um, so as a leader, I just, I can't lull myself to sleep to think everybody's heard this. Okay. So I, I gotta, I gotta tell you this cause we haven't talked about this, but, um, I mean, you've been up here where I live, you've visited me. And so, you know, we are miles away from a Chick-fil-A um, I don't think there's one in Canada, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, there might well, be one. News. I got good news. There, I think there'd be that. There's some talk about maybe coming your way someday soon. So I listen. love that. That's great. But we That's we are <laughs> we are hundreds of miles away from a Chick Fil A. How long ago was that? Where Truett stood up, roughly ballpark? Was that t- ten years ago? Fifteen years uh, ago? Uh, Twenty. Twenty years ago. Okay. Literally in the last year, because I knew that story. I said this to Tony, my wife, in the kitchen last night. I'm like nobody says you're welcome anymore. Like in Canada, where there are no Chick-fil-A's, you go to any of our chains, you go to the keg, you go to uh, McDonald's, and people have stopped saying, you're welcome, and everyone says, my pleasure. And I'm like, I know that's a Chick-fil-A thing, but you think about that, decades later, it has become a cultural thing in the hospitality thing. People at our church say it now, and I'm like, I just want someone to say you're welcome still, but that's okay. You know, like it has changed the culture. Now, talk to us about, because I've, I've heard you say this, T-shirts, 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 because there's a lot of, lot of leaders who would say, listen, in my company, in my church, I've just been like, I've said it until my fingers bleed. Nobody gets it. But to, you have to put something in the hands of the carriers 
So what have you done to remind them of the vision? You do. I would say this, Carrie, if they're not getting it, you might want to do a message inventory. You know, is the message really sticky enough? So, right. you know, I, I'm assuming the message is sticky enough that for, for whatever right. it is. It sh- so what is a sticky message? I mean, well, a, a sticky message is a phrase that pays, is a phrase that people can remember. It's the in the grocery store, what is for Gwinnett? If, in, if, if they ask that question to, to the folks that attend our church and they go, huh, well, there's this Bible verse, let me see, um, or they have to pull out something you know, that has a long page to yeah. it, they say, they need to be able to say it in 15, 10, 10 or 15 seconds, you know, or even shorter than that. So, so I, I think it's really, really important to have uh, a, phrase, a, a phrase that pays. But for me, I think it's just important that once you have that phrase that pays, um, you've just got to be able to equip the vision carriers. And whether it's, I mean, I kind of make fun of t-shirts because everybody makes t- loves t-shirts. But one of the most effective things that we've done is something I call pay it backwards. Mm-hmm. And we gave everybody a four Gwinnett car magnet. And okay. we said, put it on your car. And then we have certain times of the year where we say, okay, this is the pay it backwards week. And we want you to go through a drive-through and pay backwards. Someone pay for their coffee, their lunch, their breakfast. So they're sitting behind you with your, you know, four Barry or, you know, four Houston or four Gwinnett um, car magnet. And they get to the counter and this person says, no, 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 they, the person in front of you paid. That's just a small impression. But what happens, we've heard stories of people who come back to the office How's your morning? Well, you know what? Somebody with a four Gwinnett magnet paid for my breakfast. And it's, it's, I think it's a God thing, but someone in that office will go to our church and go, can I tell you what four Gwinnett is all about? Well, right. can you tell me? They just paid for my breakfast. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you tell me? So those are, what we've done is we've equipped the vision carriers. And, uh, I think I shared this story with you, the, 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 the speaking this is my last Chick-fil-A story, by the way. Um, the, the, the no, this is great. I mean, we need practical examples, and I was hoping you'd tell it. The, uh, the, the Chick-fil-A that's closest to us, they had so many cars do this. It kind of slowed down the drive through a little bit. Right. So they put a sign up that said, if you're, if you're for Gwinnett, let us know. And in essence, that was a nice way of saying, let us know so we can get you through the line faster. The coolest, the coolest thing is uh, Brad Williams, the Chick-fil-A operator, said they had a streak of 103 cars doing this. Wow. And this was, these were cars that, that didn't have a Ford Gwinnett magnet on it. They just got so caught up in the spirit of doing this thing that 103 people in a row, or 103 cars, rather, in a row, paid for the, 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 the folks behind them. And there was one lady another time that just said, hey, here's $100. I want you to pay for this until it, until it runs out. <laughs> That's incredible. So those are those are just this community infusion uh, moments. Now again, the bumper the the, the car magnet does not say hash uh, for Gwinnett GwinnettChurch.org, John three sixteen. All right. it says is for Gwinnett. And that's where God comes into the mix. That's where God comes and builds these conversations. God is building the church, not us. But in these moments, those are those moments, those conversations that I hear, and I'm thinking, there it is. There, there God goes again, building his church. And so, but we want to equip the vision carriers, whether it's T-shirts, car magnets. We also encourage our staff to like all the hashtag Forgonet photos on Instagram. Um, and that's another strategy we could talk about. But all of that is equipping the vision carriers. Yeah. So what have you done? You've done T-shirts. You've done car magnets. You've done have you done pens, coffee mugs? Like you've done the yeah. whole, you have four Gwinnett stores and you change it seasonally, don't you? Like 
You have a spring line, a fall line. Yep. And that's, again, we have an amazing team, Lauren Espy. Uh, that's her brainchild, the Four Gwinnett store. And she comes out with different lines. And the great thing about the spring and fashion lines or the spring and fall lines and summer lines is that, again, people get these shirts and then you have this infusion on social media in their, in their, in their social media accounts. And again, it's important for your church or your business to have a social media account. But again, if you can get other people talking about you, as we said earlier, that's the ball game. And so if you've got people taking pictures of themselves in four Gwinnett shirts and they're posting on their social media accounts, they're reaching people with that message that probably aren't following Gwinnett church or your church. And, um, so we've, we've done the, the, uh, we've done all sorts of things. Some things have worked, some things haven't worked. One thing that worked pretty well was we did four Gwinnett onesies for, uh, babies, you know, so you get, cause you always think, what do I get this family, you know, other than diapers? So four Gwinnett onesies and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's the message that we want that, 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 that we really want and want it to resonate. What didn't work? What, what are a couple of, because uh, I think it's important to talk about that, right? We all think it's all up, up and to the right, or maybe we'll try something, it didn't work, and then we just quit. But you've kept going, like this is year seven for you guys. So what would be an example of something that you're like, yeah, we're not going to do that again? Well, I'll give you an example of, of who, who taught me something along these lines. When I, when I worked for Chick-fil-A, I worked with Coca-Cola, and I met David Butler, who at the time was the innovation director at Coca-Cola. So imagine that job, Kerry. Wow. I mean, you're rolling out new products. And I said, okay, you're a publicly traded company. You've got such visibility. You're the guy that's coming out with all these new products. At what point does this one product have to work? Like if you've had <laughs> seven failures in a row, it's like, is this it? Are you going to lose your job? And he said, that's not the question you have to ask. The question you have to ask is not, is it working? The question you have to ask is, what am I learning? What did mm-hmm. we learn from this particular from this particular product. So I'll give you a recent failure that I thought was a great idea. Um, we do this, this event in the fall called S'more Gwinnett. And right. it, we have S'more Pits, and that event's awesome. It, it worked. But there's another uh, Jeff Henderson out there. It, he's a chef on the Food Network. <laughs> and so we built this S'more Gwinnett campaign, and we were, I challenged him to come up with, we we're going to have a S'more contest and I was going to build a s'more and I challenged him to build a s'more as I, as I say this, I'm like, I know why this didn't work. Cause it's a terrible idea. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, and he's a chef and so chef Jeff, we want you to come up with a s'more contest or, or a s'more recipe and we're going to compete and whoever decides, um, is the best will be the real Jeff Henderson, the real chef Jeff. So we shot videos. I had an apron that called chef Jeff. We, you know, called him out on social media and I didn't hear a word from him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some of those videos, Jeff, because we follow each other. And I'm like, so he just never, never answered. Not a word. So um, <laughs> so we had to actually go back on, 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 in fact, you can see it somewhere in our social media account on Instagram. It's basically saying, I'm sorry, Chef Jeff didn't respond, but here's our small recipe anyway. <laughs> you know, so that, but you gotta, you know, you have to, you, you have to just, try these things. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, they, they, they just don't work. And, and, you, you know, you try to reach out to people and, and, and sometimes they just, you know, they just don't work. But the challenge with that is once you go public and here you are and you're creating these, you know, these were just iPhone videos or whatever. Um, what wasn't like we spent a lot of money, but, um, but that, so that's, that's probably the most recent failure that we yeah, had. But there's the humility, not humiliation, but just the kind of embarrassment of like, oh, well, that didn't go anywhere. Well, we tried, right? Yeah. But we tried, but that's good. That's good. 
and people coming up to me in the you know the church going, "Hey, we saw that." So uh, has Jeff Jeff responded? No, I'm a loser. He did not respond. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> but um, so and, and I mean, there's some there's some different products and different I mean shirts and stuff that we've tried that we're like, oh, that, that 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 didn't really go very well. Uh, we, I think we rolled one out that had different college colors on it. We thought that would, and that worked pretty well, but probably not as much. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying Carrie that you need a spring line or a fall line or anything like that. But again, all what this does is it makes sure that you can, it's, and it's not just to stay on message, stay on message. You do have to stay on message, but you have to stay on message and be as creative as, as you possibly can with the same message. Yeah. And the idea, and this is the overriding principle, is usable tools that you can give your vision carriers, your people, your team, your congregation, your organization, that they're going to carry with them into everyday life that spark conversations and remind them of of the mission and vision. And, and even the memorable phrase that, well, you know what, most churches, they're known for what they're against. Some people, I just want to put this out there because maybe we've lost these people by now, but in this conversation, but some would say like, Jeff, that's just simplistic. Like you say, it's the gospel, but don't we have to take a stand against some things sometimes? Like why isn't that a dilution of the gospel? Well, absolutely. I mean, there are, there are definite things that we're against, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather start with four and then we can, we can work our way back. We've somehow started with against and somewhere buried deep, deep in all of that is four. And I, I just want to, I want to create common ground and conversations. And again, that's what this whole thing is based on common ground and conversation based on Jesus, common ground and conversation. And when you have those conversations and you built common ground, then when you've built relationships, then you can talk about the things that you might differ on. Right. And, um, and you know, you've, you've heard me share this story. We've got a guy coming to our church. He's agnostic. But when I met him, uh, about 18 months ago, he posted, uh, with his four Gwinnett mug and said, it's so great to belong to such a nice place. And mm. I thought, hold on, time out. You don't believe in any of this stuff. In fact, I met him and he said, hey, my name's Chris. I'm an agnostic. That's my, that was his opening line. That's his opening line. Yeah. So, oh, well then, should I just shut down and go, you, you, well, since we don't believe, since you don't believe, you can't belong here. Right. So what we're trying to tell people in this is you can belong before you believe. You can belong before you believe. And the belief part really is up between you and Jesus. But we want to let you know um, you belong here and we can have conversations about what we might differ about and things that we're, you know, that we're adamantly, there are things in, in that you're looking around in this world we're adamantly against, uh, you know, sex trafficking and, yeah. and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. But we want to have conversations with you, but we are for you. So don't right. let the things that we're against somehow miss the fact that we are for for you. Let's talk about social media, because uh, I think a lot of people probably started this because of social media. They started following you personally or Gwinnett Church and um, have replicated this on social media. But uh, there's layers to how you handle the social media aspect. And I guess, Jeff, the idea at the very beginning, like when you put the sign up, this analog sign seven years ago, which is just a couple of years into the evolution of smartphones, if you think about it, right? Right. Instagram was barely a thing at that point. Right. Um, but the hashtag thing, was that designed to be social from the very beginning? It was because I wanted to listen in. I wanted to yeah. see and figure out if people were trying to figure out what this, what was this? And it was, again, 
we were trying to create conversations in person and online. And I'll be the first to say, I, I am not a social media expert. I mean, you, right. you know, gazillion times more than I do. But the thing I do like about social media is we can't forget the first word, social. Mm. And it's, it's not, I think for social media to work, it's not just digital media, it's a personal interaction. And so one of the things we want to do really well at, at our church, and we're not perfect, but I think we're pretty good at it, is if you talk to us, we're going to talk back to you. Right. And now if it's a, if it's a antagonistic conversation, we'll take it offline. But if it's, uh, if it's something about, you know, uh, the football game, we'll talk back to you. We're going to talk to the community. So, but that, that hashtag early on was a way for us to, to just eavesdrop in and see what people were saying and how we could connect with them. Yeah. And hashtags are still going very, very strong. And so talk people through what happens at a staff meeting when you're pulling your team together. And again, if you don't have staff, you can do this with volunteers. If you're an entrepreneur, you can do this with your team. You can do it solo. But tell us, tell us what's happening at staff meeting and how you keep the conversation alive and make it go deeper. Well, we want to reward the behavior we want repeated. That's one of the many things our friend Andy Stanley has taught us. And so one of the things we want repeated is for people to spread the message to their social media network that we probably don't have access to. Right. And, and here's the great thing. If you'll do this, it doesn't cost us any money. Right. Wait, so, wait, camp on that. Don't, don't leave that thought, okay? Because you just said something really important. You just said the social media network of the people who go to your church that you don't have access to. So think about that. In a congregation of 100, let's say 90 are on social, 50 are active. That's 50 networks. And if everybody has 100 friends, that's 5,000 people. I don't know. I'm terrible at math. Anyway, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Um, and I mean, in a church like Gwinnett, when you've got, you know, five, 6,000 people attending your church at this point, you have access to thousands of social networks and they are all connected. Like, you know, you get into six degrees of separation pretty quickly. You can. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, and so, you know, you, we may have a church leader saying, well, Jeff, I have an older congregation. They're not on Facebook. They don't do this. Well, here's what we did in the early days, because, you know, back seven years ago, to your point earlier, Carrie, it was all new. There was a church church service, several church services where we actually had stations. And I know some of your listeners, this is where they're going to drop off after I tell you. <laughs> they're like, this isn't what the church is for. So we had, we told people, we want you to spread this message. So when you go into the lobby today, you're going to see social media stations and we're going to sign you up for Facebook and Instagram tonight. And we're going to teach you how to do this. Okay. Brilliant. If you don't want to do this, that's okay. We're not forcing you to do this. We love you. Please come back next Sunday. But if you want to help us spread the message and you don't know how to do Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, we've got some young people in the lobby and they'll teach you how to do that. And that, that catapulted our social media presence within our community because people started realizing they're actually serious about this and it didn't cost us anything. And we were able to reach more and more people, but you have to, and so we have, we have, we actually have a volunteer team. We call them the social media all-stars. These are people, and you have them in your church too, Kerry. They're just they're just naturally wired for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to post a whole lot more. And so we give them access to information before anyone else has it because we know that they'll they'll send this information out on a more frequent basis. So to your question about staff meeting, 
one of the ways we do that to reward the behavior we want repeated is we like everyone's photos that hashtag their photo for Gwinnett. And we just sit there every other Wednesday and we can tell, people can tell when their phone starts blowing up, oh, it must be staff meeting at Gwinnett Church, you know, because they're, they're, liking, they're liking my photo. There's actually a, a young lady in Connecticut, Anna Mason 15, if she's listening, she's never been to Gwinnett Church, but she has a friend of hers who works here. And she realized if I just put hashtag for Gwinnett in my photo, my photos will start getting liked more. So that's what <laughs> she does. She's never been here, but, but, but we like her photos every other Wednesday. That's and, awesome. Uh, so she's like, I like it when there's 30 likes as opposed to three. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So, um, and it just reminds people, Hey, tag this photo. If you're out in community at this restaurant, you like it. Hashtag for Gwinnett. So that's a way. Plus it makes, you know, a, a large church like ours small. Oh, you noticed yeah. what's going on. Oh, you noticed what, you know, that we, we took our four Gwinnett shirt on our vacation and we Instagrammed it from Israel, which is, which happened recently. So all that makes it, we want to grow small. We want to grow. Yeah. We want to reach people, but we want to be a really, you know, wonderful community that people know each other. And that's, that's one of the beauties of social media. Mm. Any other thoughts on how this has impacted Gwinnett? I don't mean just, you know, Gwinnett Church, but just Gwinnett County, because Gwinnett's a county, there's numerous different communities in it. Um, what, are, what are some of the ripple effects? You mentioned businesses, you mentioned teams, schools, which is really cool. Yeah, I just got uh, two weeks ago, the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce sent me a picture of their offices and what they're doing based on what they've learned, what, what we're doing. And I thought, wow, you mean that a, a little church in Gwinnett is impacting the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, which their role is to bring biz, big businesses in and to bring big tourist events into to our county. And that was just encouraging that, you know, the, the, the church hasn't lost its influence and if we'll stay on message. And so and so the Chamber of Commerce brings tours to our building because one of the things we wanted to do with our building is for the building to drip with vision. And right. so we want people to know, and you've, you've seen our building, we want people to know, oh, Fort Gwinnett, okay, that's what this is about. We want the, 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 the building to speak our language and speak our vision so that, that people get it while walking through. So when I got this picture two weeks ago from the Gwinnett Chamber of some things they've learned from us, that was just, that was thrilling to me because I, like you, I love the business community. And if a church can help influence the business community, I just think that's 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 so fun. And uh, and there are other churches in our community that are taking the four Gwinnett message, and I love that. I mean, it's it's I mean, it may have started here, but it's it's not it's it's the it's the message of the church. So I love that. I love that. And then Reggie Joyner has taken this and spread it. You know, he he wants to have churches come around this message, and. Goodness, if the churches could see each other as allies and not competitors, that's a, that's a game changer. And so I think that's what I've really enjoyed seeing is seeing how churches can see this message as as a connecting point versus a competitive point. So if a church wants to get started with um, a four campaign, any like starting points for them where you would say, hey, here's a couple of steps you might want to consider first. Well, the first, I would get a team, whoever your team is, whether it's a board, a elders, deacons, small group, you know, whoever the they is in that organization. And I would talk them through this and talk them through what is our messaging. And it may not be for, but what is the, what is the message? And what is the message that we want to stay on? And obviously, Carrie, I would agree with this. The message is Jesus. Yeah. But 
Jesus even created common ground. I mean, so I, I, so what is our common ground message for our community? And and what what is that? What is our what does our messaging look like? And then if you can't think of one, well, that's why we've created this, you know, this for resource for you. So I would get a group of people together and go, what do we want our message to be? And how can we reach people in the community? And honestly, Carrie, and you, you're, you're so great at this because you're in, you're in a tough area to, to do church. You, you know how to connect and reach out to the community. So the question would be, do you really want to reach the community? Yeah. I mean, do you really want, cause that sounds like an obvious question. Or do you just want to fill your church? Right. Or do you, do you really want to reach the community? Well, if that's, if that's true, then we got to talk through what is the community, what is our church known for? What, what are we known for? And then what do we want to be known for? So I think starting with those questions and having some honest dialogue and not getting defensive if you've been the senior leader for a while and just putting it on a board and going, okay, well, if that's what we're known for, what do we want to be known for? Those are, those are some, I would, you know, hit the refresh button and, um, and kind of start going at it from that standpoint. So Jeff, I know that people are uh, fascinated by all of this and they're going to want to know um, what you're doing and where to find you online. So tell us, what, where can we find you on the interwebs? Well, you can follow me, Jeff Henderson, on Twitter and uh, Jeffrey Henderson, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. My mom named me after Thomas Jefferson, Kerry. I don't know if you oh, knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, yeah. So, and then they can go to the website that we've launched for the community, that's F-O-R, for the community.net and all the information for churches and businesses and families will be right there. Oh, cool. That's great. And you got something cool going on with families too. Absolutely. And we've launched something with a friend of mine, David Salyers and his son, Nick called champion tribes. And it's a rite of passage journey for, for fathers that have sons around the age of 11 to 14. We did this when our sons were turning, uh, becoming teenagers and it was a fantastic experience. We got a lot of questions about it. So we've actually turned it into a resource for dads and sons, because as you well know, middle school students are growing up at a faster rate, not because they're more mature, but because they're more exposed. Mm. So this is such a pivotal time in their lives. And so it's a pivotal time in a father's life, this middle school season. So we've launched champion tribes and they can get the information at forthecommunity.net as well. But I'm very, very excited about that. Cool. So everything's at forthecommunity.net and that's where they can find out more about you. Jeff, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Permanent Guest Host. And, uh, I don't want what you're my favorite Canadian. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, my friend. And it won't be long until we talk again. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. Well, that was so rich and so good. And don't you just love Jeff? So I want you to head on over to the show notes where you'll get all the links to everything we talked about. That's kerryneuhoff.com slash episode 174. Or you can just go to leadlikeneverbefore.com and search episode 174, Jeff Henderson's name. Uh, He has been on the podcast before. That will actually get you access to all of his interviews. And they're, they're fantastic. So, hey, we're back next week with a fresh episode. What are we going to talk about next week? Well, I've got another friend of mine who, this is a fascinating conversation. Brian Miles, he's the CEO and founder of Belay Solutions. You may also remember them. Uh, That's their new name. They used to be called EA Help. And he has been voted by Entrepreneur Magazine as the number one workplace in America in terms of culture for small companies in 2017. Now, 
it's an entirely virtual company. And I know a lot of people are struggling with like, you know, well, what do I do about these, you know, young workers who want to work from home or coffee shops? How do we handle that? Brian, I get into it. So uh, here's an excerpt from next week's episode. And so if you're building a virtual company, you've got to operate and act like a virtual company, which means that you're there. Now, if there's some crazy barking dog or baristas going nuts on the coffee beans, like hit mute momentarily, but get back off mute. Right. Mute is the devil of a healthy conversation. And so uh, those are a couple of things. Another one is um, for our business, we refuse to let company or our employees gossip. Mm. If you gossip, you're fired. It's in our employee handbook. There's, <sighs> there's just, it's, if, if we know that you've gossiped, you're gone. And we talk about it. We just say, look, in a virtual company, it is so easy to gossip because you're in your home. If we catch you gossiping, you're gone. And of course, if you subscribe, you get that absolutely automatically in your inbox every Tuesday. So Brian Miles next week, Margaret Spicer from Australia the week after, Todd Atkins is coming up with, along with Eric Geiger, and we do a fascinating conversation about lies leaders believe. Tim Elmore, Cheryl Batchelder, the former CEO of Popeyes. We have uh, William Vanderblumen back on the podcast. Man, there's a lot coming up. And again, if you subscribe, you, you get that automatically. Well, listen, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that we get on your training schedule this year, rethinkleadership.com, canadianchurchleaders.ca for those events. And head on over to trainedup.church where you can get 10% off for life in training your volunteers. And remember, that's for churches of every size. Just use the coupon code CAREY, C-A-R-E-Y, and uh, that'll get you started and 10% off for life. We're back next Tuesday with a fresh episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I really do hope our time together today helps you lead like never before. You've been listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, change, and personal growth to help you lead like never before.